0: So in case you missed it, I wrote a book, like a full-blown cover-to-back book, Confessions of a Crappy Christian. The book is real-life talk about the things Christians aren't sure they're supposed to say. It's like the podcast and my Instagram times a thousand. Inside, I dive into things like mental health, being a fiery woman from within the church, friendship breakups, and more from the perspective of my life and how God has moved. So you can find out more and pre-order if you would like at crappychristianco.com slash book. Pre-orders matter a lot in the book world and we have some awesome incentives coming your way so that would really mean the world. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, And every week, I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap, and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids, and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Kyle, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian.
1: Thank you. So glad to be with you.
0: This is going to be a good one. People who listen know. The ones I'm excited about, I always preface with like, okay, we had to hit record because we were just chatting and then it was finally like, okay, wait, let's record the episode. So I am really excited to introduce my audience to you and to your message and have a conversation about grace and identity and just some stuff that I think a lot of people are walking closely with right now and probably just need some solidarity if nothing else, just to know they're not alone. Sure. So to get us started, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Lead pastor of a non-denominational church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. It's a suburb of Nashville. Quite a few folks live in the suburbs and drive into the city every day and love our church. And I've been married 32 years, got three kids in their 20s and you know, parenting is still parenting, even in their twenties, and it just takes on a different tone. But really, thankful to be with you today. And people of hope is we're we're just a few years old. Uh, I I like to say we're three years in a pandemic, which thrown in there for good measure
0: <laughs> makes it like ten.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But God's been good to us, and we're trying to build a community. Church isn't about a building or a set of meetings. It's about a community of relationships and. People doing their best to follow Jesus in a way that's authentic and winsome to others. And so I love our church. I, I'm, I'm really excited about what God's doing there.
0: That's so refreshing too, when pastors are excited, you know, when they're pumped about what they're doing in their church. I am really lucky to go to a church here locally. That's the same way where like they're pumped. We're pumped. It's not about a building. It's about doing life together. I think there are a lot of people out there really desperate for that, especially I would say post pandemic. I mean, yeah, the pandemic, I think really opened a lot of people's eyes, which was hard. I know a lot of people who had to like leave the churches they were in because the way that everything was handled was like, whoa, whoa, whoa." like we're not right. This doesn't look like Jesus. This isn't lining up. Like, I want to hear more about like, what is it that you love? Because I feel like that gives people something to look for. When they're searching
1: yeah i think one of the things i love about it is our people are really welcoming because everybody has a story of hope nobody's better than anybody else you know we're just a few miles maybe further down the road but we've all been the prodigal we've all had to come home to the father and receive the grace and so one of the things i try to tell our people is you know that prodigal son story is is so perfect for a church we should be lining the road like those people cheering on runners in a marathon with right. big signs, Amen. like welcome home, welcome home. Glad you made it. Glad you're here. You know, the father's got his arms open wide and so do we. And I think that keeps us humble to remember, you know, we're not special. We're not superior. We're, we just got here sooner. Mm-hmm. And the logo we have for our church is this mosaic and it's, um these pieces of glass you know come together and i like to talk about the fact that god is making something beautiful from the broken pieces of our lives mm-hmm. and so we say nobody's got all their junk together nobody's family is perfect we all have our struggles and our issues and so if you're a work in progress you're welcome here yeah because all of us are are in the same boat and so we we have hope and that's that's sort of that that heart behind it you know we're we things are a mess and things are rough and things are complicated and but we have hope in who God is and what he can do.
0: We've all had to come home. Yeah. I was like, oh, I got to write that down. Because regardless of where you had to come home from, we've literally all had to come home. Yep. And I think maybe sometimes we forget that, which it should be so unforgettable, right? Yeah. Like we came home and God put shoes on our feet and the signet ring on our hand and his cloak yeah. around us and was like, yo, we're not doing shame. We're not doing guilt. We're throwing Sorry. a party like they've come home. How do you how do you lose sight of that? Like, how do we do that? It's, that's crazy.
1: Yeah. Some of us have been well so long that we've developed mm. a new kind of sickness. And that sickness is is when we begin to inspect other people as a way to feel better about ourselves. And that is so many steps away from grace and remembering that we had to come home speech prepared, but never needing it because of God's love and acceptance and who we are in Christ, who we are in the church, who we are for each other is based on the work Jesus did, not the work we do.
0: And I've done that too. I mean, I will be the first to admit that I have gotten, I've been well long enough to get the other kind of sickness. Where you're focusing on what other people are doing wrong. Yeah. And I mean, God is so kind and gracious to even like snap you out of that. And he he's, whoa, this is not, this isn't my heart. This isn't what we're doing. This isn't why I put you here. But then you get to be on the other side of it. <laughs> and you're like, oh yeah. <laughs>
1: maybe your communities like ours, we have a lot of what are sometimes known as de churched people. You know, they grew up in church all the time went to the camps and did all the stuff and were active in student ministry and all those things and then life happened mm-hmm. then church got weird and then they may maybe got burnt or had a bad taste in their mouth from that and we we just want to say to people no matter what their history is or no, no matter what their sins issues are that's between them and god we just want them to, to feel welcome and to come we're, we're trying to build this family to build this place of gathering and If God needs to talk to them about a sin issue, well, let's leave that up to Him as we faithfully hold up the word and call Mm. people to holiness. But more than people changing their ways, people need to come to life in Christ first. And if they don't come to life in Christ first, they're not going to have any power or opportunity to change their ways. And so, how do we point out the grace and mercy and love of Christ so that they can meet Christ? That's the goal.
0: D church, I'm raising my hand like that. I mean, that's (laughs) me. I think that is so many people's stories, and I can already hear the argument back to what you just said about you know, rather than pointing out the ways that they're wrong or that they sin, you know, we're going to hold up the word, and then people are like, but scripture talks about like keeping your brother accountable, and like, what about Matthew 18? And okay, 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 I hear you, but. We have taken out this element of relational equity. We have gotten to this point where we believe that we can just call out whatever we see in strangers on the internet or people that we see in the pews at church. And like, I'm just curious if people think that's actually effective. I know that I'm a little bit more brazen than most, but let me tell you, when somebody calls me out on the internet and I don't know them, I'm like, that makes me want to do it more. Like. (laughs) But the reality is, is that I'm so blessed to have really intimate, incredible relationships that when I do get off track, because I do, those people have like earned the right to step in and love me and say, Hey, because I love you, let's talk about this a little bit. Like explain this decision to me or where, you know, where is this going? Yeah. That's
1: effective. So many of the biblical references about, you know, admonish one another or what we sometimes term as accountability or those kind of things, it has to do with brothers and sisters. Yes. And if they're not brothers and sisters, they're not ready for that yet. That's not yeah. the time for that. And, you know, I love how Louis Giglio says, you know, the issue of being a Christian isn't bad people becoming good. It's dead people coming to life. Amen. And so... We sometimes can focus on the bad behavior, which are just, it's just the evidence that they're spiritually dead. Mm. And they don't have any power to be free from the grip of sin. They don't have any hope of focusing it on things until they come to life in Christ. And that's got to be the first focus. And then, yes, we hold up the word and we call people to holiness and godliness and all those things. Yeah. But you can't lead with what's wrong with you, right? right. I've inspected your life and here's what's wrong with you because that's not what God did. I I was reading a little while ago this morning in Psalm, I think it's 103 that he's not dealt with us according to our iniquities. He he is not treated us as we deserve. So let's do the same for everybody.
0: Well, and I just, you don't see that in the life of Jesus either. Right. I mean, look at the life of Jesus and you see, yeah, like he does say, go and sin no more. But what is that prefaced by? Neither do I judge
1: you. That's right. Oh, yeah. yes.
0: This is such a, <laughs> like a soapbox for me because I've been on both sides of it because I've been on the receiving end of it for a really long time. I'm like, how about I trust the Holy Spirit in you? You trust the Holy Spirit in me. And we just like keep rolling. I feel like it sounds like a good plan
1: jesus even referenced that you know you're you're worried about the speck and in somebody else's eye and you've got a big giant honking log sticking right. out of your own eye and accountability sounds cool and i grew up in youth group world where accountability Ooh. partners and groups were, were big but accountability works best when it's invited it's when i say to you hey I'm, i really want to lean in with jesus i really want to put some certain sins to death i really want to grow in these ways would you check on me? Would you check yeah. in with me? Would you ask me that has a chance of being well received versus hey, I I'm about to ambush you over what you thought was a cup of coffee and I'm going to drop Ooh. some judgment bombs on you, you know.
0: Everybody listening that grew up in church just had like the most visceral reaction <laughs> to those words because they probably experienced it in some capacity. But this whole I mean if you really think about it this whole conversation really comes back to identity. Yeah. Right? On both sides of that t- like of that coffee table, right? I mean Yeah, it
1: does. And and I think more so even with grace and the concept of grace, I read a book years and years ago that said when grace sounds a little too good to be true or extreme, you've almost got it. Mm. You know, and and we need to lean in on that side of things because here's why you and your sisters in church, your your girlfriends in church, your your mom friends in church, you're never going to invite each other to be into accountable conversations if the atmosphere is judgment. Mm-hmm. If we don't set the culture to be grace, then no one's going to be brave enough to say, I live in grace and I need some grace and some truth. Yeah. And so our identity is a big part of all that. And I, that's a big thing we were actually just talking about this in our church recently that a lot of a lot of us struggle and men struggle with seeing their jobs as their identity women struggle with seeing their jobs as their identity but then the roles at home you know husband wife mom dad all those things we find our identity in that and sometimes it gets weird because my kids were little brats and target today so i must not be worth much yeah well that's not true our identity starts in the fact that we're made by God, not in the fact that we get a good score on the mom's scorecard today, right which is a big fallacy anyway, because you know you're the only one keeping a scorecard, really. <laughs> all the other moms are are trying to to survive as best they can, and, and keeping
0: their own scar scorecards
1: <laughs> right right- exactly, exactly but We try to preach and to teach and to invite people to find their value is fully loved and fully Mm -hmm. accepted before they ever reach for the doorknob and go out the door and do anything. Yeah. You know, when you woke up, you were fully loved and fully valued and have tremendous worth before you did anything for God. That's not the relationship. It's to enjoy God and to be with God. We don't exist as to just be workers for God.
0: That's scandalous. What you just said is scandalous. Well, it's true and I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree with it, but I can also tell you that I've gotten ripped to shreds on the internet for saying it.
1: Well, again, if grace sounds too good to be true, you've almost got it. And yeah. I think grace is offensive. Amen. In some ways.
0: Because it takes away your ability to earn it. That's right. That if that is offensive to our nature. I am a perf- like I am a hustler by like outside of Christ's nature. I'm gonna yeah. earn it. I'm gonna do it better than everybody. I'm gonna go after it. Grace and the cross like takes that all from you and leaves you with I didn't do anything to earn this. Never will. Also, can't unearn it. Yeah, that's humbling.
1: <laughs> Sometimes I talk to folks and and they struggle with that that earning side of things but you know Blake it goes back to that iconic image of a little kid on the diving board about to jump in the swimming pool in the summer and watch me daddy watch me daddy watch me daddy i'm about to jump so that you'll affirm me and approve me but we still do all that as grown-ups yeah. with god as if the love god has for us is not just conditional but it's incomplete as if we look at our past and we go. You know what? I must be on the JV team in God's mind. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not fully loved or fully accepted. So I have to work today. I have to hustle today to say, "Look at me, Father. Look at me, Father. Look at me, Father," so that he'll affirm and approve of me. And let's go back to the fact that that our value comes that in the fact that we're made by the maker. Mm-hmm. Like like he made us and shaped us and formed us. And he takes pleasure in us because he made one Blake and he yeah. loves Blake. He, he loves what he did in Blake. Not he doesn't love Blake's good behavior that becomes worthy of love. He just loves Blake.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like that is so simple. Like it sounds so simplistic, but when you really sit in that, I will never, ever, ever forget. And you and I kind of talked about this before we started recording the moment this is gonna like make me emotional. What the heck? I remember the moment I realized God didn't just love me, he liked me.
1: Yeah. Because
0: I had spent so long not liking myself because mm. I looked different than what I thought I should look like. Not even physically. Body image is a whole as a whole different monster, whole sure. different podcast yeah. episode. But like who I was created as a little bit mouthier, a little bit louder, a little bit more opinionated, a little less go with the flow. I spent almost the entirety of my 20s not liking myself Mm. and having to come to this realization that I was disliking God's creation.
1: Yeah. Whoa. We do the math and we look at our past and we look at our sin struggles. We look at the way we doubt and struggle and we, well, surely God, Mm -hmm. (laughs) surely God couldn't couldn't love that or couldn't fully you know approve of the, all those things and who is that accuser that's the enemy those are yeah. those are dark whispers that are like you know who you are surely you don't think and so we began to look for things to measure our loveliness mm-hmm. or our worth and i hope that for you and for me that before we got out of bed before we reach for the doorknob to leave for the day, before we sign on or anything, before we swipe up on the phone to open it, that we have locked in the fact that I'm not putting my identity in the hands of strangers. Yes. I'm not going to give other people the power to define whether I matter. And then the next level of that, Blake, is I'm not going to give that to my family members. Yeah. You know, if my wife affirms me today, I'm great. If she doesn't, I'm not. And I'm sure women struggle in the same way with if my husband notices me today or affirms me today, I'm something. If he doesn't, I'm not.
0: So people that are listening who are like, I don't do that. I don't feel locked into that before I open my phone, before I open my door. How?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's good. Um, Because it's got to go. It's got to become these foundation drilled in locked down affirmations yeah this is how i follow jesus so i'm i'm not proclaiming this is the only way but one of the ways is to write out three or four affirmations and to declare those
0: <laughs> i love
1: that i'm starting with that you know that that i am fully loved because of the finished work of christ and i have a relationship with god through him Mm-hmm. God chose me before the foundations of the world. The fact that that he adopted me is that chosen love. All yeah. those, all those biblical things. Write three or four phrases, write two or three things that you can cling to about who you are in Christ and literally start the day with that.
0: If you have been listening to the show or following on Instagram for any amount of time, you know I'm pretty open about my whole fight with anxiety. And one of the best tools I have in that fight is faithful counseling, online Christian counseling that you can do from the comfort of your couch. I love it because it's convenient and easy while still being highly effective and impactful. So I've partnered with faithful counseling to give you 10% off of your first month of working with them. All you need to do is head to the link in the show notes, and you can be paired with a counselor in under 24 hours and start talking via text, phone call, or video call as soon as possible.
1: Before I did one thing right or one thing wrong today, I am fully loved. Mm. And another one is God's love for me today doesn't rise or fall based on my good behavior. Mm. Those are all really good. Those things kind of work for me. And maybe I'll post some affirmations here in the next day or so on Insta or something and yeah. encourage some people.
0: No, but I think that that's what people need. Yeah. I think people need, like this all can get, again, like I said, I think it can sound and almost feel really simple, but then you get to the, it's like you get to the edge of it. Like, okay, I want that. Yeah. I want that. I want to feel that way. I want to believe that. I want to have that relationship with God. And then we're kind of like, ah like I don't know I don't even know where to start. I feel like I'm trying to <laughs> take down a freaking fortress of bricks brick by brick and yeah. I like I'm the very much the same way. Like I just have to put things in front of my face over and over and over and that can change from season to season depending on you know like what you're talking to god about and what you're learning and what you're growing in but And I think the great news is is that every single one of those affirmations you just shared is backed up in scripture. Like, you're not just like, people can get weird about the word affirmation. They're like, oh, are we manifesting? I'm like, "Mm."
1: no, no.
0: I think God's got the corner market on like affirming (laughs) and like believing things about yourself. That's all in scripture.
1: Yeah. If that word, you know, affirmation is a little, you know, squishy for people. Use the word agreement. Yeah. I'm gonna agree with who God says I am first thing in the morning.
0: Ooh, yeah.
1: I'm just gonna agree with what he's already said and what's already true. And but you gotta you gotta customize it, Blake. You gotta make yeah. it for you. Like yeah. those are some of the ones that I might speak. Somebody else might speak. You know, my value is not determined by my mother-in-law's opinion of me. Ooh. Or my worth as a person is not. Determined by how well the shirt fits when I pull it off the hanger this morning, you know, those kind of things.
0: I am not only a good mom if my children behave perfectly every minute of the day, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so we have to customize those, those affirmations, those agreements.
0: I love that. And I definitely encourage people to do that. I'm going to do it because, you know, I think over the last three to five years, I've grown in my understanding of who I am, but everybody, literally everybody has something in their life that they can write these agreements or affirmations about in some capacity. And I think that's, I just think it's wise. And I think it looks like what God wants us to take out of scripture as well. Like this is hiding his word in your heart.
1: Yeah. And it speaks not just to anxiety, but it also speaks to to that attempt at living by effort and works instead of living by grace, you know, that an athlete can write affirmation that says, if I win today, which I want to win and I'm working to win and I'm training to win, if I win today, God doesn't love me more. (laughs) Or if I lose today, you know, those kind of things, you take that into a business realm, Uh, just finding the things that keep us out of comparison, keep us out of insecurity and anxiety um, because we start in agreement with who God says we are.
0: So that kind of lends itself to talking about the next thing I want wanted to discuss which is purpose. Cool. Because I do I think that that's another thing that we can get a little bit confused about.
1: Yeah.
0: In your opinion, what is our purpose? Do we have different purposes? Do we all have the same purpose?
1: Well, I asked our people this question recently and, and it it was kind of fun for me to think about, you know, why did why did God leave us here after we believed in Jesus? Mm. Like after we believed in him and came to life and were born again and transferred from that kingdom to this kingdom, all those kind of, all those things. Why didn't we just like, boop, take it punched. Now you're in heaven. Now here we go.
0: It would be kind of cool. I mean,
1: it would be come quickly, Lord Jesus. Let's all right. agree. Amen. It's a mess down here, but why did he leave us here? And I think the answer comes that he left us here to put his goodness and greatness on display through the story of our lives the messiness of our days, good, bad, and ugly are opportunities for us to make the invisible God visible Mm. as we cling to him. And we tell our story about a Thursday that was rough, but God. Yes, And and we put on display that he's real and that he's near and that he is making a real difference in our lives. But I also think he left us here, Blake, to, to partner with him in extending the kingdom. Yeah, you know, you take light to dark places, you, you take grace to places of only loved if you work hard and earn it. And there's so many corners of the world, so many areas of career and vocation, so many things, the arts, all these things that have been overtaken and ruined and wrecked and twisted and corrupted by sin. And I think part of the reason we're still here is that God wants us to carry some light and hope into those dark places. And in doing so, point to the reason for our hope, which is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us can get confused about purpose. Um, a lot of us can think, well, my job is my purpose. I was put on earth to be a designer, to be mm-hmm. a writer, to be an engineer, or to be a mom, or to be a dad, or, or a husband, or a wife. And I hope we'll embrace this that our job. Or the titles we carry, those things aren't our purpose. That's the place where we live out our purpose. And that's a big deal for me and for a lot of people because when you think you're here just to do this job, what happens if you lose your job? Yeah. If you think your purpose on earth is to be a mom, like that's your purpose. What happens if it takes a minute to get pregnant?
0: Or when your kids are grown and you're not mothering 24 seven, you're still a mom. That's good. Yeah. But you're hopefully your kids are going to grow up and they're going to leave the nest. Right. And then what, you know, or what if life just takes you a different avenue? I think of it as like our jobs are a vehicle of our purpose. That's right. Like it's a it's a method of transportation. It's an, an avenue of potential. Yep. But look, I mean, I, my husband just left his job that he has been at for 20 years, two weeks ago. Wow. And we were fully prepared for him to have a full blown identity crisis because he's <laughs> been there for so long and he was sure. so invested and so loyal and cared about this place so much. And it's been really cool to watch and He's like, good. Cause like I was there cause God had me there and now he doesn't have me there anymore. That's right. It's been like, I'm like, Oh, look at you. Yeah. <laughs> Killing it. You know?
1: And so those purposes, you know, putting God's greatness and goodness on display through our junk and our stories and our good days and bad days, and then taking light to dark places. You can do that with any title. Yeah. So that really equalizes the idea of, Oh, you have to make a big splash with something famous or something big. You can accomplish God's purposes in any place. And they're not contingent upon, you know, the fickle nature of life. Yeah. Young people listening to this, Conversation today, you're likely going to have several jobs, several titles. There will be some of you that have titles you didn't want, titles that you didn't expect, curveballs in the road. And it's like our identity. We have to lock in that this job, this is just the blank canvas where God paints his story through my life. And there may be another one, but that's just a different canvas. And the purpose remains the same.
0: That's really beautiful, especially because. That allows you to hold this stuff so much more open handedly.
1: Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, and not
0: white knuckle your way through,
1: or freak out in change.
0: Right. Like I think that there are people who are walking in their purpose, and it's really beautiful. But they are, they're just squeezing it to death because if they're not in their mind fulfilling their purpose in this way, yeah, then they won't be. Like they're still doing it. But I'm like, are you enjoying any of this? <laughs> you know, like you seem stressed.
1: And not just enjoying it or thriving in it, but the opportunity to glorify God in it, Blake. Yeah. I'm not just putting in these hours to draw a check, to pay a mortgage. Who's here that the Lord wants to do a work in through a conversation with me over lunch? Who's in this area? Like I've got these rugrats at home, these adorable minions that are mine. And how can I put God's goodness on display as I work out this role and title? So yeah. even if it's a curveball, you know, between jobs or between titles and all those things, my purpose does not need a title.
0: Yeah, I I love that. I think that that's my favorite thing about grace and about like these things that kind of almost spider off of grace or come along with grace. Is it does not matter how old you are, what walk of life you're in, where you live, like that stuff, mic drops for you, no matter what. If you have like climbed the corporate ladder, you're listening to this going, oh, yeah. And if your life's desire has always been to be a mom and you spend your days beautifully mothering and filling sippy cups and wiping butts, you're listening to this going, who? Yeah. Like that's, that's the beauty of grace. Yep. Is it's for all of us.
1: Yeah. And then you pull back what it says, you know, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Yeah. And there's a way to be, to partner with God in some pretty big things in any opportunity, any title, any job.
0: Amen. So what are you excited about? Like, what are you moving into? What are y'all doing at people's hope right now? What are you, what are y'all excited about right now?
1: Well, at our church right now, I'm excited about several things coming out of pandemic life, trying to adjust for the way people engage church now, Blake. It's different. It's different. You know, there's that option to tune in on YouTube or whatever yeah. uh, that didn't used to be there. And you can sort of devalue with no malice, but just devalue, you know, being there. Yeah. You know, it's kind of cold outside. I think we'll stay home, or it's raining, or we had a late night, or whatever. And I'm kind of excited as a pastor to try to figure out how to connect church to relationship, not meeting an event. Yeah. And so we're working on that right now, kind of behind the scenes. We're in the summer season, and that's a little bit different, you know, around things. But Our church is uh, renovating an old warehouse right now. We currently do set up, tear down. We're just, like I said, we're just a few years old. Yeah. In a pandemic. And so um, we're kind of excited about that. Trying to figure out the Lord's provision for some of those things. And so there's some good things, but. That's awesome.
0: I was actually on staff with a local church when like quarantine and pandemic hit. It was a lot. (laughs) Like I worked. With them. I'd been working with them, but I worked with them from when it hit until November was when I left. And so those, those really like we, nobody was going to church months, you know, of getting everything online. And it was a lot of work. And even as someone who had grown up in church with a pretty healthy respect for the way that things work, it was just like your pastors did so much to try to keep showing up. And I, th- I think it almost made me value it more kind of seeing the back end of it.
1: Well, from one shepherd to a staff member, you know, thank you for serving in those days. Those were wild days where the rugs pulled out. Talk about purpose and identity. Like, who are we? We're not meeting right now. Right. You know, who am I? <laughs> you know, I don't have a flock in front of me right now. All those right. things. So I've walked some of those similar roads, but the echo of that or the part two of that hit is now we're back open. Right. Is it important to be in the room? You know, what is church? Those are the questions that need to be asked because I think we're going to see a beautiful resurgence of this expectation on the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. I think we're going to see this value of, I want to be in the room where it happens. I want to be there with a gathering of God's people and how God might visit us with power and mercy and grace and answers and direction and healing and insight and you know restoration all those things and sometimes the Lord does that through a big move of the Spirit through each other mm-hmm. and so I think we're going to see a big resurgence of the one another moments like partly I'm at church today to you know to come before the Lord to present myself to Him to get my heart filled up to have my food, my faith buoyed. But I'm also there because we might have a conversation after the gathering and you share your story and I'm able to put a hand on your shoulder and pray over you. And man, your day is different. Your week's different. And that's God's moving through each other. So, yeah. you know, as a shepherd in the kingdom of God, we, we need to be in the room because um, Christ in you, Christ in me, we are part of God's plan for caring for each other. Coming together on a weekly basis to see what the Lord, how the Lord could use us,
0: and I love that as a pastor, your heart is. I want you in this room so that you don't miss anything. I don't want you to miss a minute of this because God is moving and like look what He's doing. Because it can feel a little bit like we need butts in the seats, we need yeah. the numbers, yeah. we need the attendance, we need the etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But the heart has to be there of, I just don't want you to miss out because you are and like, it's almost like you want people, I want people to have FOMO about going to church because you are.
1: Okay. That's, that's a hundred percent true. So that's the new work of church staff teams is to figure out how to make moments to create space for moments in the gathering. That's not just come and sit in a seat and watch the program and get up and go. Yeah. It's got to be more interactive. It's got to be more relationship driven in terms of ministering to each other and those things. And I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm trying to figure those things out because we don't have to work hard to grow the church on our own backs. We don't have the strength. If we're faithful, mm-hmm. God will make us fruitful. Amen. If we're faithful, God will make us fruitful because he's the one who makes the growth happen. But we have to be creative we can't do it the way we did it in 2019 we have to think differently and make space for the spirit to work and for people to encounter each other and i just want to be careful i'm not trying to say to add value to the gathering because it's got gathering because god is god and he's worthy and he's enough we don't have to do extra things
0: no, no, I see it much more as like taking what the enemy meant for harm and using it for good. That's great. That, yeah, we were all apart for a long time. What can we learn from that? How can we make this look more like the church rather than like it being logistics?
1: We don't necessarily like to think about it, but before the pandemic, a lot of us had a movie theater movie theater mentality about going to church. Yeah. You go to the theater, you sit on your row my goodness, you certainly don't talk to the people in front of you or behind you. That would yeah. be weird, by the way, at a movie theater.
0: Yeah, it would.
1: <laughs> and then you watch the show and then you don't talk to anybody, you get in your car and then you talked about whether you liked it or hated it on the way home. Absolutely. That was church and for a lot of people. And I don't mean to overgeneralize because the spirit is alive and well and doing lots of things in a lot of places and has been. But what I wanna invite our church to Um, I can only speak to our community, is that where some of the biggest part of the morning was the conversation you had before or after the gathering, not what the preacher said. Yeah. Uh, That the Holy Spirit is at work in those moments just as much as through the latest song or through a well-crafted teaching.
0: Yes. I love that. And I think, like we were saying earlier, that is what you're potentially missing. And look, I do love being able to turn on the TV and watch the church service. If my kids kept me up all night. Right. And I think that there, and there's a moment and a time and a place for that, but I do my, I agree with you that I think we're going to see, it's almost like, yeah, we did this for two years. And then you go back and you have those conversations and you feel what it's like to be in the room. And it's like, Oh no, this is better. This is where I want to be. Like, this is, this is it.
1: Yeah. And, And it's, um, it's not just the FOMO of missing out of what I'm going to get. No. Yeah. We have underestimated the joy and the delight in being able to like serve somebody Mm -hmm. and like be a blessing to them in a conversation.
0: Yeah.
1: That should light us up as well. Like, who am I going to get to, to encourage today? Who am I going to get to just really pump up today in faith, you know, pointing them more toward Christ.
0: I love that. Kyle, this is such a good conversation. I feel like we covered so many bases, but we weren't like spread too thin. It was perfect. Where can people keep up with you if they want to connect?
1: Yeah. Well, that's very kind of you. Thanks for inviting me to be a part of this great work you're doing for the people who love and, and follow and keep up with you. Mostly live on Instagram world. Uh, Pastor Kyle Dunn is where you can find me. And then there's a website, where I occasionally blog and just try to encourage people and share some thoughts.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much.
1: Well, you're very kind. It's so great to talk to you and, and uh, please keep serving people and inviting them to scandalous grace. That sounds too good to be true. Amen. And Jesus smiles big when you do.
0: Amen. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the crappy Christian podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week.